0: Welcome to the Reformational Anglican Podcast. My name is Ryan Scott and you've joined us today for the second part of Cranmer's Homily on Good Works, which is Homily 5 in the Anglican Book of Homilies. We've had a bit of a delay in getting this homily out to you all. We've had had quite a bit of work in the run-up to Christmas and then I've just come back from a really nice Christmas break. So I thought now would be a good time to crack out a couple of recordings of the homilies. We hope that you are enjoying the recordings. We've certainly been helped by doing them. Uh, it's helpful, I think, to familiarise ourselves with these homilies because they are a really helpful window into the theology of the Anglican tradition. And we've argued in this podcast before for a sort of confessional understanding of Anglicanism. And I think if we're going to argue for that, then homilies are certainly an important element of that confessional identity. Today's homily, uh, I've tried to keep in the older language. So it's a little bit different. Usually we we update Uh, some of the the language because we've tended to find in the past that that makes it just a little bit easier to flow and easier to say it takes us actually a little bit less time to record but this one I've tried to keep it in the in the older language so we'd love to hear from you if you prefer it in the older form or if you you know think it's much better just to update it Uh, and if you think I've made just a horrible mess of the whole thing then certainly get in touch with us as well Just to say again, if you are appreciating what we're doing here at the Reformational Anglican, then do please leave us a review, uh, leave a comment, be sure to tell other people about it. Uh, We'd love to hear from you, we'd love to hear your feedback, and um, yeah, we'd love to to reach uh, other people with this content uh, who are in the Anglican tradition or who are interested in exploring it. We'll get on with the homily then for today. This homily is... All about the kinds of good works which we should be doing. A great many commandments seem to be from God. So how do we know uh, which ones that we should actually pay attention to? And Cranmer explains that we should heed those commandments which are in the word of God, the Bible. And then he helps us to understand what the rules of human laws should be and how they can be helpful in sort of keeping the peace, and for civil order, and things like that, but they shouldn't be elevated to the standard of God's law. So actually I think this homily is a really relevant homily for us as we think about uh, sort of restrictions to do with coronavirus. Um, it just continued theological disputes. This issue is always coming out, coming up in terms of ethical questions, and, and what is man's law, what exactly is God's law. Uh, if we're just wondering how do we follow God, then um, Where do we go for our understanding of what God commands, and then how does that kind of go alongside um, things that are uh, decreed by the church or by the state authorities as well? The second part of the sermon of good works. Of the three things which were in the former sermon, especially noted of lively faith, to be declared unto you. The first was that faith is never idle without good works when occasion serveth. The second, that good works acceptable to God cannot be done without faith. Now, to go forth to the third part, that is what manner of works they be, which spring out of true faith and lead faithful men unto everlasting life. This cannot be known so well as by our Saviour Christ himself, who was asked of a certain great man the same question in Matthew 19, verses 16 to 19. What works shall I do, said a prince, to come to everlasting life? To whom Jesus answered, If thou wilt come to the everlasting life, keep the commandments. But the prince, not satisfied herewith, asked further, Which commandments? The scribes and the Pharisees had made so many of their own laws and traditions to bring men to heaven, besides God's commandments, that this man was in doubt whether he should come to heaven by those laws and traditions or by the laws of God. And therefore he asked Christ, Which commandments he meant? Whereunto Christ made him a plain answer, rehearsing the commandments of God, saying, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honour thy father and mother, and love thy neighbour as thyself. But which words Christ declared, that the laws of God be the very way that doth lead to everlasting life, and not the traditions and not laws of men? So that this was to be taken for a most true lesson taught by Christ's own mouth. That the works of the moral commandments of God be the very true works of faith which lead to a blessed life to come. But the blindness and malice of man, even from the beginning, hath ever been ready to fall from God's commandments. As Adam, the first man, having but one commandment, that he should not eat of the fruit forbidden, notwithstanding God's commandment, He gave credit unto the woman, seduced by the subtle persuasion of the serpent, and so followed his own will and left God's commandment. And ever since that time, all that came of him hath been so blinded through original sin that they have been ever ready to fall from God and his law and to invent a new way unto salvation by works of their own device, so much that almost all the world, forsaking the true honour of the only eternal living God, Wandered about into their own fantasies, worshipping some the sun, the moon, the stars, some Jupiter, Juno, Diana, Saturnus, Apollo, Neptunus, Ceres, Bacchus, and other dead men and women. Some, therewith not satisfied, worshipped diverse kinds of beasts, birds, fish, fowl, and serpents, every country, town, and house in a manner being divided, and setting up images of such things as they liked and worshipping the same. Such was the rudeness of the people after they fell to their own fantasies and left the eternal living God and his commandments that they devised innumerable images and gods. To which error and blindness they did remain until such time as almighty God, pitying the blindness of man, sent his true prophet Moses into the world to reprove and rebuke this extreme madness and to teach the people to know the only living God and his true honour and worship. But the corrupt inclination of man was so much given to follow his own fantasies and, as you would say, to favour his own bird that he brought up himself, that all the admonitions, exhortations, benefits and threatenings of God could not keep him from such his inventions. For notwithstanding all the benefits of God showed unto the people of Israel, yet when Moses went up unto the mountain to speak with Almighty God, he tarried there but a few days. When the people began to invent new gods. And as it came into their heads, they made a calf of gold and kneeled down and worshipped it. See Exodus 32, verses 1 to 6. And after that, they followed the Moabites and worshipped Baal of Peor, the Moabites' gods. Numbers 25, verses 1 to 3. Read the book of Judges and the books of the kings and the prophets, and there you shall find how unsteadfast the people were how full of inventions, and more ready to run after their own fantasies than God's most holy commandments. There you shall read of Beal, Molech, Camus, Belcom, Belpior, Astroth, Bel, the dragon, Priapus, the brazen serpent, the twelve signs, and many other. unto whose images the people with great devotion invented pilgrimages, preciously decking and sensing them, kneeling down and offering to them, thinking that a high merit before God and to be esteemed above the precepts and commandments of God. And where at that time God commanded no sacrifice to be made, but in Jerusalem only, they did clean contrary, making altars and sacrifices everywhere in hills, in woods and in houses, not regarding God's commandments, but esteeming their own fantasies and devotions to be better than them. And the error thereof was so spread abroad that not only the unlearned people, but also the priests and the teachers of the people, partly by glory and covetousness, were corrupted and partly by ignorance, blindly devised with the same abominations. So much the king Ahab, having only Helias, a true preacher and minister of God, there were 850 priests that persuaded him to honour Baal and to do sacrifice, In the woods and groves. And so continued that horrible error until the three noble kings, as Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, and Josiah, God's chosen ministers, destroyed the same clearly and brought again the people from their fine inventions unto the very commandments of God. For the which thing their immoral reward and glory doth and shall remain with God forever. And besides the aforesaid inventions, the inclination of man to have his own holy devotions devised, new sects and religions called Pharisees, Sadducees and scribes, with many holy and godly traditions and ordinances as it seemed by outward appearance and goodly glistening of the works, but in the very deed all tending to idolatry, superstition and hypocrisy, their hearts within being full of malice, pride, covetousness, and all wickedness, against which sex their pretenced holiness Christ cried out more vehemently than he did against any other persons, saying, and often rehearsing these words, Woe be to you, scribes and Pharisees, ye hypocrites, for you may clean the vessel without, but within you be full of raven and filthiness. Thou blind Pharisee and hypocrite, first make the inward part clean. Matthew 23, verses 25 to 26. For notwithstanding all the goodly traditions and outward show of good works devised of their own imagination, whereby they appeared to the world most religious and holy of all men, yet Christ, who saw their hearts, knew that they were inwardly in the sight of God most unholy, most abominable and furtherest from God of all men. Therefore said he unto them, hypocrites, the prophet Isaiah speak full truly of you when he said, this people honour me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain. They teach doctrines and commandments of men. For you leave the commandments of God to keep your own traditions. Matthew 15, verses 7 to 9 and Isaiah 29, 13 to 14. And although Christ said they worship God in vain and teach doctrines and commandments of men. Yet he not meant yet he meant not thereby to overthrow all men's commandments, for he himself was ever obedient to the princes and their laws, made for good order and governance of the people. But he reproved the laws and traditions made by the scribes and Pharisees, which were not only made for good order of the people as the civil laws were, but were set up so high that they were made to be right and pure worshipping of God, as they had been equal with God's laws or above them, for many of God's laws could not be kept, but were fain to give place unto them. this arrogancy God detested that man should so advance his laws and make them equal with God's laws, wherein the true worshipping the true honouring and right worshipping of God standeth and to make his laws. For them to be left far off. God hath appointed his laws whereby his pleasure is to be honoured. His pleasure is also that of all man's laws, being not contrary to his laws, shall be obeyed and kept as good and necessary for every commonwealth, but not as things wherein principally his honour resteth. And all civil and man's laws either be or should be made to be, bring in men the better. To keep God's laws, that consequently or followingly God should be better honoured by them. Howbeit, the scribes and Pharisees were not content that their laws should be no higher esteemed than other positive and civil laws, nor would not have been called by the name of other temporal laws. But Christ called them holy and godly traditions, and would have them esteemed not only for a right and true worshipping of God as God's laws be intended. But also to be the most high honouring of God, to which the commandments of God should give place. And for this cause Christ so vehemently spake against them, saying, Your traditions, which men esteem so high, be abomination before God. Luke sixteen fifteen. For commonly of such traditions... Followeth the transgression or breaking of God's commandments and a more devotion in the keeping of such things and a greater conscience in breaking of them than the commandments of God. And the scribes and Pharisees so superstitiously and scrupulously kept the Sabbath that they were offended with Christ because he healed sick men and with his apostles because they, being sore hungry, gathered ears of corn to eat upon that day. Matthew 12 verses 1 to 14. And because his disciples washed not their hands as so often as the traditions required, the scribes and Pharisees quarreled with Christ, saying, why do thy disciples break the traditions of the seniors? But Christ led to their charge that they, for to keep their own traditions, did teach men to break the very commandments of God. Matthew 15, verse 16. That they taught the people such a devotion that they offered their goods unto the treasure house of the temple under the pretense of God's honour, leaving their fathers and mothers to whom they were chiefly bound unhopen. And so they break the commandments of God to keep their own traditions. Matthew 7 verse 9. They esteemed more an oath made by gold or oblation in the temple than an oath made in the name of God himself or of the temple. And they were more studious to pay tithes of small things than to do the greater things commandment commanded of God as works of mercy, or to do justice or to deal sincerely, uprightly, and faithfully with God and man, these saith Christ ought to be done, and the other not left undone matthew twenty three sixteen to twenty two and to be short, they were of so blind judgment that they stumbled at the straw and leaped over a block. they would as it were. Nicely take a fly out of their cup and drink down the whole camel. And therefore Christ called them blind guides, warning his disciples from time to time to eschew their doctrine. And although they seemed to the world to be the most perfect men, both in living and teaching, yet their life but hypocrisy and their doctrine but sour leaven mingled with superstition, idolatry and overthwart judgment setting up the traditions and ordinances of man in the stead of God's commandments. Amen.